Hello, 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 and welcome to the Anti-Racist Enneagram Podcast with Jessica Denise Dixon, where we look at life and healing at the intersections of the Enneagram, anti-racism, and embodiment for personal and collective liberation. Let's go. Not trying to get by. Trying to get by. I'm trying to get free. Hey, hey, hey. So I kind of just woke up (laughs) and I wanted to come and talk to you today because I woke up with time on my mind. Time is on my mind. Yes, it is. I feel like I have had the juiciest conversations with clients around time cultures, around monochronic and polychronic time cultures. You know, living in the monochronic cultures that we do, it can be super uh, expansive to look and, and, and see like, what does it mean to live in a polychronic culture? So let's talk about that, what that is just for a second. Um, some characteristics of polychronic cultures are a deep commitment to be related to one another, that relationships um, take precedence over tasks and over time polychronic cultures are not at the will of time, right? There's enough time if we're together, if we're sharing, if we're being related to one another. Multiple things are happening at once simultaneously with multiple people. There's reciprocity and reciprocal obligation here. Um, Information spreads quickly because there's there's emotional, physical um, proximity with one another. Trust is a key aspect of this culture. Um, And again, these these cultures tend to be high context where things are shared freely. There's a natural sync flow and vibe and rhythm. Um, things can happen spontaneously without throwing everything off balance. And here there's even really a focus on nonverbal communication, noticing, making inferences and being with one another, being really related to one another. Um, people who are out of the flow are really seen as it's almost like something is wrong. Like, why, why, why aren't you paying attention? Why aren't you noticing? Whereas we live in a monochronic culture, time culture, where time is linear. It's divided up into discrete segments, seconds, minutes, seasons, years. It's compartmentalized, um, as well as people. Our roles are compartmentalized. Our lives are compartmentalized. Time is seen as tangible, something we can spend, something we can waste, something we can save. And the schedule takes priority and precedence over everything else. So deadlines are very, very serious. Whereas polychronic cultures, we can move the deadline because there's there's something important that comes up that actually is more important than the deadline. Um, So here things are compartmentalized or segmented. um, And monochronic cultures are really at the mercy of time. Here promptness is valued. Um, and, you know, showing up late <laughs> really can kick up a sense of discomfort within someone else. Here, there's really no time to build trust, whereas in polychronic cultures, that is a really important aspect of that. So that was kind of on my mind this morning. But what was really on my mind this morning was an episode of The Twilight Zone and not the original. The Twilight Zone is my favorite show. But I'm not talking about the original, I'm talking about the 80s version. 
Um, and there's this episode called a man, a matter of minutes. And it was the first twilight zone episode that I saw. You always remember your first, um, the first twilight zone episode I saw of the original was called the after hours. Um, and it totally rocked my world. And I had a similar experience actually with this episode. Um, I I'd like to say that I didn't think of time as socially constructed or constructed at all until I got into diversity work. But as I'm thinking back, my first foray into the construction of time was this episode. And in this episode, these people wake up and nothing is as they, um, they believe it should be. And so they kind of go looking for signs of life, signs of normalcy. And what they find is people, people are building time. They're constructing the universe um, for a specific moment in time. And so people, the people in the episode are kind of like on a race to find um, the right time so that they can actually live back in their, their own universe. And it like blew my mind of this idea that every minute is constructed. Like it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And it's a great, it's a great episode. It's a great episode, <laughs> but it matters that time is constructed. It matters that time is socialized and enculturated. Why? Why does it matter? One of the reasons it matters is because monochronic time cultures are new. They really began with the industrial revolution where people needed to clock in and clock out. You know, here as, you know, industry became bigger, we took it on mixed with like the Protestant work ethic. It became this thing that's really, really deeply a part of our culture. And as we know, because our culture lands in this pre-verbal way, it's just the way things are. But even me growing up in this world, there was always something called CP or color people time where I knew that if I went to, you know, an event with some black folks, it wasn't necessarily going to start on time. You know, I knew that I needed to be to work on time, but I knew that if I was going to a party with a bunch of people of color, then that might mean show up 45 minutes late. And that could still actually be early depending on. So now, you know, people are really calling that decolonized time. And I think that that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, if we're gonna reclaim lost parts of ourselves that are taken by capitalism, um, we're likely not gonna go back into a polychronic culture because we can't go back. We can't go back, but we can reclaim some of the things that were lost and we can explore what that looks like. What does it look like for us to slow down enough to be related to one another, to let trust building actually be an important part of our process? If we don't understand how our sense of time is constructed, how can we dismantle urgency? Urgency is this thing that lives in our bodies, in our nervous systems. And when, when, we're, when we're triggered into it, we go into action. And if we're not examining these ideals and these cultural conditionings, we're going to miss a lot of things. Now, these time cultures, they mix in with our Enneagram types focus on time. 
fours, fives, and nines have a past orientation. Fours can get stuck in nostalgia. Fives can get stuck in analysis of what has happened so far. And nines can ruminate on events. They tend toward introspection and reflection. Ones, twos, and sixes, they have a present orientation. And many of them might say that they feel like they have a future orientation because like ones have an ideal of what could or should be. Twos are anticipating um, what might need to happen or how they might need to help, how, might, how they might need to show up. And sixes are anticipating what could go wrong. But even with the, all of that, their focus is what needs to happen in the now. Whereas threes, sevens, and eights, their orientation is on the future where there's hope <laughs> and hopefully victory in the future, but where they don't actually have to be with the grief of the past. They don't have to be with reflection of the past or the disillusionment of the present. So their orientation is so far into the future that they're not necessarily like worried about like, how do I create that in the future? It's about the vision. And I believe in a culture of flourishing there would be space for each of these to be recognized as valid. You know, I believe that in a future-oriented monochronic culture, like the one that we live in, three, sevens, and eights are, it's gonna be easier for them to kind of be the leaders and everyone else to fall in line. But if we were in a culture where we valued people who bring us our analysis, we valued people who had a healthy nostalgia for what has come before. If we had people who led us to a vision who are saying like, hey, this is what could be. Like, this is, this is the amazing thing that I'm thinking. This is the amazing thing that I want. If we had people who were able to say, oh, wow, I love that. And this is what needs to happen now to make that happen. If we had all of those things, we would truly, and we honored all of those things. We do have them, but we don't honor all of them. If we honored all those things, I'm just imagining what would change and you know, how different our, our culture would be, our lives would be, um, and how it would just lead to a different level of honoring ourselves and one another. And of course our own, our own sense of integrating different orientations of time into our sense of self. You know, as a future oriented type, how do I slow down and be with the present? How do I actually um, tap into the past? So what's your time orientation? How do you relate to time? How do you relate to it? Have you thought much about how time impacts you and how you see the world and how you move in the world? So feel free to share this podcast and get this conversation started with your friends, because this is really, honestly, some of the juiciest, some of the juiciest things that we can, we can really work on around time or around like, whoa, there are other ways of seeing time. And how does that, what does that mean about the way that I see time? And can I see others as valid? Um, can I also see my way of, of seeing time as valid, but not the valid way. So from love and for liberation, I will catch you on the flip side. Peace out, G-Scout.